Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the European Tour Picks and Bets on Mayo Media Network. I am Hook. You can find me on Twitter at SkyHookDFS. And with my main man, Tom Jacobs. Tom, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm pleased to be back. You had to uh, ride solo last time we did this show, and uh, that was obviously disappointing thanks to uh, the horrible Tuesday start. But uh, we're back here for the important event. I've kind of dug out some green from my closet. They're not jackets or Masters merchandise whatsoever. Uh, I can't actually see your Masters logo on your polo shirt, but I know it is in fact there. So, yeah, there it is. So, look, I think we're both really pumped about the week. Um, Obviously, there's some guys that we want to talk about from... uh, European tour perspective. I know you're going to do plenty of content about your your main picks. I've already just recorded my uh, my podcast as well, and and that'll be out soon. So from a general whole, I think there's there's plenty of guys that we're interested in. Um, but this is just uh, the European tour angle, isn't it? Absolutely. And before we really get into it, let's make sure uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe to our Mayo Media Network there. Uh, Smash that like button, as they all like to say. And um, if you're listening to this on audio, again, you can find us at Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets, The Mix. If you search that on any of your podcast platforms, you'll be able to find this along with various different Mayo Media Network sports um, quick hitters throughout the week, uh, applying different angles from all different Daily Fantasy sports. Um, but yeah, Tom, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. You know, we really are finding ourselves at more of an open week uh, in the sense of there's not somebody at the top that's specifically calling my name. I think you can really find reasons to be on or off any of those big six. We get into kind of the next range and, you know, it's nothing to the point that I am running to the window saying, you know, at the low odds, I need to bet X, Y, and Z. And I think that opens the opportunities for a lot of our European tour faithfuls. And you're going to hear us on a few guys that we have been, uh, you know, singing praises probably most of 2021. So I think the first one we'll get to is who, in our opinion, probably should have been the player's champion had he not put three balls into the wall on Thursday afternoon, almost faked an injury to withdraw and send me into a heart attack. And that would be Paul Casey. So Tom, tell us folks, you know, Paul Casey, why, why is he somebody that we're both intrigued in this week? So Paul Casey obviously won earlier in the year, didn't he? The, the, the Bide is a classic, beat uh, your, your main man, Bob McIntyre there. Um, look, over the last 15 weeks on, on the trackers I've got here, he's led the, the field in approach, he's led the field in tee to green. And he's really not looked back since that um, at run at the Dubai Desert Classic when he won. You know, he's he's constantly performing, top 12 finishes all over the place on the PGA Tour, which he gets an awful lot of criticism for the fact that his form doesn't translate to the PGA Tour. And no one makes the amount of money he does. No one wins the amount of titles he does without being consistent everywhere, right? And there's always a knock that he can't putt. Um, if you had to give me one venue that Paul Casey was going to break through in a major at, it would be Augusta. Um, and we, we just spoke about it on the podcast here that he's never really had that much of a chance in major championships. He's always finished high up in leaderboards and it looks like he's sort of thrown them away, but he's never actually really got into contention apart from at uh, Harding Park last year. And it took a 64 from Morikawa and a late on Eagle to really deny him a chance. And I think he came off with a beaming smile. Um, you know, he's very, a lot of praise about his caddy, Johnny Longsocks there and, and, there's always a bit of a needle about Paul Casey. He's a bit smug. There's a the clip that came out about him at the at the match play where he's telling someone to shut up and he'll get you checked out, whatever. That's just Paul Casey, right? And that's why, you know, it's a bit like Patrick Reed. They're always slightly longer odds than maybe they should be in terms of form because people don't like them. 
Um, I don't care. I don't, I, you know, I don't care what Paul Casey does in his private life. I don't care if he's a nice person. I won't ever meet him, probably. So as long as he wins the Masters, he can be all that he wants to be. I think that he's had that now look of going so close at the PGA Championship, and I think that he can now translate that to Augusta, where he's always performed very, very well. He's had seven top 20 in the last 12 starts here, by my reckoning. And I think he was also tied sit from debut way back in 2004. So he just loves Augusta National. And, and I think you'll probably uh, echo a lot of those comments. Yeah, I just don't understand the price personally. I mean, there's 40s out there. If you get the uh, odds or the each way places that a lot of the international books are are offering up to, some are getting them up to 10 spots. You know, in America here, I think the best one I've seen so far is up to seven places. So to see, you know, Casey mid 30s up to 40s, where the stretch of, of golf he's in is arguably top five in the world. You know, his Augusta history is strong. And of course, the last two times he's been here hasn't been pretty. You know, he he basically whitewashed uh, anybody who played him in daily fantasy in 2019 um, and the casuals that maybe come back uh, potentially, you know, maybe remembering that. But, you know, there's no difference in form, in my opinion, if, if not even way better than than the golfers of Patrick Cantlay, you know, Xander Shoffley, Cam Smith, for sure. Patrick Reed, you know, Hovland, all guys that are priced lower than him um, and aren't doing it with the ball striking like Casey has been so without a doubt i think that's definitely where we're starting our card seventy seven hundred dollars on DraftKings, which feels like they are giving away a roster spot there so i am absolutely with you on paul casey there at 40 to 1 is the best odds that i saw for the week the next golfer uh, i'm going to kick us into with is sergio garcia you know the former you know augusta champion you know back in um 2017 which feels like almost a lifetime ago when him and rose battled it out in that playoff um and since then you know the return for sergio at augusta has been nothing but rude with two missed cuts and a covid bout that left him out of the november masters um garcia really doesn't seem to have that course history angle baked into that price anymore he's pushing 70s here in the states you know 66s 60s with the long places and again what he is doing so well is what sergio is known for and that's t to green and you know you know the ability that he has to drive with some of the best in the world the chipping that he you know really excels at that is required at augusta is just you know in peak form for for sergio so in my opinion he makes too much sense at those odds of course you need the putter to cooperate but getting him at the each way with the places offered i think getting Sergio in our betting cards as a mainstay for for both of us for the week. I mean, it's what I said earlier in the, in the year is when we first started this show. Is I was always going to wait for him to to play the bigger events and get him at better odds. Did that at the players, and then I watched him miss putts that I could have made with one arm of my eyes shut. And and I'm bad at golf, so you know, for him to miss those is is quite disappointing. But there's been. It's not just been Augusta. He he played terribly at majors since he became a Masters champion. I think there was a little bit of, I've done it now. Like I've spent all these years trying to win a major, finally got it done at Augusta, which I probably wouldn't have picked him to do it. I would have thought he would have won an Open or a PGA Championship, and he did it at Augusta, where he's been very volatile in terms of course form. You know, even his best finishes you'd expect him to do because he's so good and has been for so long. Um, but just just the way he's striking the ball is just incredible. I think he's added distance, which is great. I think he's up there now with the best drivers in the world again, which is something he's always been known for. Yes, he's going to miss putt. Like, I don't want anyone to get in the comments during Saturday and say 
he can't make a putt. Well, I know that. You know, we know that. We both know that. You know, there's a reason he's 55, 60, 70 to 1. I bet him at 75 to 1 a couple of weeks ago. I just think that he's just too good. I just think he's playing so well. And it's a Ryder Cup year. It's the last time that he's probably going to get to play that in America. It might be even the last time he gets to play one full stop, depending on how his form goes. So there's plenty of incentive for him. He's got to take advantage of this full striking prowess that he's got going. Um, he should have done better at the players. There's no two ways about it. And the, the same could happen again at Augusta. But I do believe that that ball striking counts for plenty, especially if it gets, you know, there's been a lot of talk this week about it being a more traditional Masters and how it would firm up. And if, if that happens, I think that actually your iron game is going to be so important because guys are going to be going in there with mid to long irons. And, and people like a guy you're going to speak about in a minute, uh, some of the shorter hitters really are going to struggle to hold those greens, and, and Sergio may well be able to do it with the height he hits them. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. If you heard in the background there, I apologize if that was my dog Snoop giving us two barks for Sergio. <laughs> so he is also in on the each way uh, with myself and Tom. So all three of us there betting on Sergio um, and what can go wrong with Casey and Sergio starting our cards. It's too oh, perfect. It's, it's great. They're going to play off central. Yes. So the next one I think um, is some golfer that Tom, you've been uh, backing a little bit at some of these recent WGCs and larger scaled uh, PGA tour events, a golfer who, again, an incredible stretch of golf that he is playing somebody who, um, you know, won the biggest event of the European tour last year to close out the season and has since turned in outside of the match play where he just missed advancing from his pool has now four consecutive finishes inside the top 12. Um, and we are seeing the deepest numbers that were available here in the States were seventies this morning, mainly 66s and sixties right there with Sergio, but it's Matthew Fitzpatrick, an absolute grinder. You know, we see the, the wind, the rain, potentially the elements on Friday and Saturday, you know, you mentioned maybe not as long off the tee. It's definitely not. But if those conditions get up where a lower par score is expected, a Willett year, a Zach Johnson year, you know, we don't know what the forecast holds just yet. You know, we're recording Monday afternoon here, but Matthew Fitzpatrick is somebody who is just steady right now um, and has displayed that for quite some time, transferring that over to the States, which you love to see continued. Um, and again, great Augusta history. Um, you know, he's broken into the top 10 just once uh, with a seventh place finish um, five starts ago for him, but he has not missed a cut since his debut here. And he just feels like a steady Eddie that can climb along, get himself in contention, not afraid to win. You know, in my opinion, the rumors or the narrative that went around Fitzy that he wasn't a closer or couldn't finish when he went, I think it was five, if not six second place finishes two years ago on the European tour. To me, that's just non-existent. He gets himself there more often than many do and just the you know similar to Finau in a sense where things might have not gone his way on Sunday except Fitzpatrick you know proved that to be wrong with another win that he had at the DP World Tour so um 70s for me here at the States best number I saw Tom can I convince you to get on Fitzy it's it's tough because I think that he'd have to do everything perfectly I've just spoken about Webb Simpson on the other podcast about how his course form is great over the last two years. Fifth and tenth spoke to Paul Zori, who just said that he's playing back to what he expects and and that should give him a chance. Now, if I'm still saying I can't see Webb Simpson doing it, 
I can't see Fitzpatrick doing it. And it's not because Matt Fitzpatrick doesn't have the game to do it. I think that I spoke to Billy Foster on a podcast uh, last year and he said he's got this extra sort of length of the tee if he wants it. He cranks it up and hits it a bit further. So he can do it. He was very bullish on the on the no laying up podcast about the fact that you don't have to really hit a draw. You can hit a fade and succeed. There's only two holes and he's hit a draw on. Um, I think he's very comfortable. I think with Billy Foster on the bag, he's got a guy that's going to guide him around there very, very comfortably. My, just my one concern is that he's never really done it in major championships. I know he's got that top seven here and he plays pretty well here, but even that seventh place finish, he had a great final round in 65. Uh, he played pretty average for the first three rounds and it's not one of his caliber it feels like his major performances so far have been disappointing he hasn't he's only got that one top 10 at that at the masters and i don't know like you said he's taken i think he's taken huge strides this year on the pga tour that, that, that's something that he hasn't done yet this this is the time where he's shown a bit of consistency so i can see the argument for him i don't think he's a bad price i think that in terms of value i think he i can completely see it I just think that I've got, you know, Garcia and Casey there and two that I'm very confident about that I just don't feel the need to go to Matthew Fitzpatrick. Yeah, and again, that's that's completely fair. I think there's so much value, you know, that's across the board here. I'm not saying Fitzy needs to go out and be prime Rory for the week and really have that opportunity to take advantage of what he can and how he can play well, but I just love that number. I love the grinding factor that he has in place. So to me, Fitzy, it just rounds out a settled betting card. Um, before we get into the long shots, I think if you guys listen to us, we we got again, Migliazzi didn't make it to the masters. It's okay. He will be there next year. Don't you worry. <laughs> Top 50 in the world. But the but, yes. He, I mean, he was close there. If he, he let people away in round one and came back storming, couldn't, couldn't close. However, um, but we have two of our faithfuls down here that are making some noise uh, on the PGA Tour. Two that advanced out of their pools on the match play. One that had arguably the greatest drive in PGA Tour golf history that was seen by absolutely no one. And that is none other than debutante Robert McIntyre. Tom, come on. Top 10? Can we get him in there? Uh, you know, he's definitely... Good enough to finish top 10. If you like the left-handed angle, then great. You know, he's top lefty market. I actually think Phil Mickelson might pick him to it, which is hilarious at this time of his career. But um, look, we've seen debutants of less uh, ability outperform a top 10. So I think that he's very much capable of doing it. Um, you're super, super high on Bob McIntyre. I think there's still something to be shown. Um, but yeah, I could, you know, he's got the tools, right? He's, he's left-handed, which everybody loves. Uh, he drives it incredibly well. He hits his irons superbly. Um, I still think he's very tentative with the putter. He doesn't, he doesn't misread parts. He doesn't seem to. He just seems to leave them a bit short. He's not very committed sometimes, and I think that's going to play havoc with him first time around. Um, you know, you're, you're looking at Scottish people to to take him around. He's got Sandy Lyles to practice round if he's even there this year i don't know i can't even think about it so it's not like he's got he's not a, a south african that's going around with shorts or news stays and people like that he's he's kind of out there and i don't even know who he's going to do practice rounds with but it's i think that plays against him it's not like paul laurie's going to be here like he was so many years ago you know i think there's there's that element to it which is something that really shouldn't be a negative he's got the skill set i just can't see it 
Well, you did not shake my doubt at all because Bob, I firmly <laughs> believe, still can top 10. There were some prices at 14 to 1 uh, for him to finish in the top 10. Again, he was a top 10. It's different. It's the Open Championship. But doing that, the amount of pressure that Bob faced at that Open Championship was incredibly strong. And to do the uh, you know performance as what he did, I, I think Bob you know, is – somebody for the taking. I mean, he took DJ to the wire, obviously wanted the challenge, made DJ putt out a 10 foot Eagle when all he had to do was two putt. Um, and then that might've cost him the match. But um, Bob, I think has a lot of nerve for the young golfer he is. And I'm extremely excited for him to take on. I did uh, read um, his like uh, traveling um, crew, basically his manager was, uh, Stephen Gallacher's manager, um, who played the masters in 2014. So kind of taking Bob under his wing in the sense of somebody who has been here, Shona, I mean, McIntyre said he just wanted to be in the area of Augusta on like Friday or Saturday, not even practice, not even play on the course, just get the jitters out of the way. He went for the first time yesterday. So I've been following that closely. And again, I I'm just, you know, elated for him overall, um, to, you know, get his first, you know, Augusta experience which is the whole, the, the first of many. Um, to be ahead. Now, I know you wanted to mention the, the uh, final pairing member last week of the European Tour, who uh, arguably played one of the best teetering tournaments of the entire season in Matt Wallace. So do you think Wallace can carry over that form into Augusta? And the, the things about Matt Wallace is that he was superb, like you say, to his career. His approach play was great. He, he was hitting some beautiful shots when guys, when Spieth and uh, Hoffman were being a little bit conservative, he was just hitting it long and straight and this beautiful shape on it that really should suit Augusta. And then you watch him make a putt and it was it was horrendous. Got this massive sort of jumbo grip on his putter. Uh, he's missing it for three feet. He's doing a Sergio. And he is like, I was comparing him to Tyrrell Hatton. You've got to see whether he's going to get over these antics of getting wound up and turn into the, the player that Tyrrell Hatton is. Or he isn't, right? I mean, he's actually older than Tyrrell Hatton, so he's he's not got as long to develop. Um, I don't know if he's actually as good as Tyrrell Hatton. He should be. You know, when you hear about his his dad, he speaks about he, should, he could have been brilliant at cricket, and brilliant at football. He was, he's just naturally talented and kind of, I think from the sounds of it, wasted a lot from early on, and maybe he's trying too hard to play catch-up. Uh, I think he was very, very disappointed to miss out on the Ryder Cup in 2018 when he went on that three-win run. Um but he's got major experience. You know, he's played well at the PGA Championship. He's played well in the Open. He's played well in the PGA. You know, he's played well in these settings. Um, I don't think he can win it. And I, I just think that maybe the way he hit the irons and, and the driver last week, he's got Gareth Lord in the bag now, obviously, of, uh, of Stenson and Rose's bag, which may just help him a little bit. Um, they were talking about the fact that he has to keep talking to him about his dinner rather than actually him throwing a strop, which is just ridiculous, really. I mean, he should just be able to keep his calm. But it's... I don't know. I, I thought it was interesting just based on the facts of what he'd done last week, but I can't see him actually winning at all. And I don't think at, at $6,400 on DraftKings, you know, when we're getting into this range, we're not here to pick out the winners. You know, we haven't seen from an OWGR standpoint, winners coming this deep into the field at the Masters would we love 
someone like McIntyre, Wallace, or this next golfer to, you know, be a winner? Yeah, it would be a, a ton of fun to see, but, you know, they can really make uh, GPP lineups, you know, uh, towards the top, having a top five, top eight finish, you know, top 10. I really think they possess that upside. Um, and again, you know, if you, you looked at Wallace and you follow the European tour marketing, you know, there was a lot of when you're feeling glum, pop up your thumb. Um, he missed to your point, a handful of what should have been birdie makes, um, uh, par saves that really would have had him in contention, uh, when it just ended up being a runaway for speed in Charlie last golfer for us here, um, coming in at $7,000 flat on DraftKings, um, coming in actually with a, a nice reverse movement on the odds after we saw him, uh, crash below a hundred to one after the legendary performance at the WGC match play coupled with an incredible weekend at the players championship where we saw him make a birdie from off the green on 18 parlay that into a top 10 finish. And then again, you know, run his way to the final day at the WGC match play. It just didn't go his way on Sunday, which is more than okay for Victor Perez, who is now cracked the top 30 in the world. Um, Victor Perez, got his feet wet at Augusta in the fall. You know, I don't think November to now is going to play all that similar in the sense of some of the conditions of what we ended up seeing, how soft it was, but it's nice just to have those feels already happen for Victor Perez. He is an incredibly talented golfer. We mentioned it, uh, you know, many of times throughout this podcast to start off the year and now to get him at the prices he is, he's back to 225, 250, you know, 14 to one for top 10. I really love how Perez's game sets up an incredible ball striker. We know what he does so well. He, uh, that was on display all week long at the match play, watching his, his matches. I mean, he was putting things to, to 10 feet regularly, you know, with some really deep scores, of course, knocked out McIntyre um, for him to get himself into the elite eight. And then again, he, he took him to the wire and just beat some, you know, quality golfers getting out of his pod and, and to see him back in the two hundreds to see his price on draft. DraftKings, not all that adjusted. This sets up incredibly well, I think, for a Victor Perez top 10. We talked about Prime Rory. How funny would it be if JP Fitzgerald won the Masters before uh, Rory did? I mean, that wouldn't be funny. It might not be funny <laughs> for many people, but I'd actually find it quite funny. Oh, um, yeah, it would be nice. It, the fact that I think he's actually, when you look at it, everyone was kind of seeing JP Fitzgerald as a negative for Rory back in the day. And all of a sudden, you look, and all his best work was when he was on the bag. Victor Perez has elevated his game significantly since he came on the bag. Maybe the guy's just good. I mean, yeah, I don't really know. I don't profess to know too much about caddying. I don't know an awful lot about J.P. Fitzgerald. Um, but for me, it just seems to be enough. And and he's been there. He's been there for a decade of, of playing his golf course and or carrying the bag on his golf course and. And Victor Perez has just played solid stuff, like you mentioned, at the uh, at players and then at the match play. I mean, he, he knocked out Sergio. So it's, you know, two of the guys that we've put up, he's knocked out. And he's just a player, right? He's just, he he's, everyone expected him to go backwards. After lockdown, there was this kind of, he was in those Ryder Cup standings where everyone was like, ah, you know, that'd be the guy that falls out. One of the veterans will take his place. And unlucky Victor, you know, it came at the wrong time. And really and truly, he's actually improved since then. I know he hasn't obviously won, um, but, you know, we, we saw it at the Saudi, he went close, didn't he? he chased down uh, Dustin Johnson as much as he could. Um, and and I really like how you say that. It, his, his play has transformed and translated over into the PJ Tour form. So 
if he can carry that on, then, you know, he had a decent run at uh, Harding Park last year as well. Um, yeah, I think Victor Perez, of of that contingent of, of what we've been talking about, in terms of long odds, I think he's great. We talk about guys as well, you talk about fantasy uh, things. There's two players that have never missed a cut um, that, that may just make on. One of them is Bert Wiesberger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is he going to win the gold tournament? Absolutely not. Uh, is he going to make the cut? Probably. Is he going to finish in top 30? Maybe. And he's the type of guy that will go five under through seven on a Saturday and get you really, really excited when you've got him at 600 or whatever it is. Um, but he could just be the guy that props up. You know, you need to save some cash. I mean, the guys like Wallace and Perez maybe have a bit of a winning upside, but that guy's steady. And the other guy, I mean, we, we can't really mention him on here too much because he's not European tour, but Jimmy Walker just makes the cut here every year. So if you want guys that, that fill those teams out, then, then those are two that would be uh, worth looking at. Well, before we get into the rest of them, the American golfers, if you're already breaking into that with Jimmy Walker, I think that means we come to a conclusion of our European tour picks and bets <laughs> pods here for the Masters Championship. So let's uh, let's run back through. So we are both on Paul Casey. 40s is the best that I could see here in the States. Any deeper over there? 40s? The uh, no, 40s is, is the odds. Uh, there, there was some sort of bigger prices, but he's been a very popular pick for good reason. You know, he's hitting the ball yep. incredibly well. Yep. And then Sergio Garcia, again, we saw 66s, 60s here, get the places again with both all of these guys we're talking about. Matthew Fitzpatrick, best price I saw was 70 to one. And then our, our three long shots, again, that we really like on DraftKings, we really like maybe into the top 10 market, um, Robert McIntyre. So McIntyre is actually probably the cheapest of the three. Yeah, 6,500 on DraftKings, 225s, um, you know, in the outright market, if you're feeling dangerous like myself, but the top 10 is probably the safest with him at 16 to one um, or 14s. You know, I'm comfortable with any in that range. Um, you mentioned Matt Wallace. If you look at Wallace's price on DraftKings, Wallace is at actually 6,400. So he's a hundred cheaper than uh, McIntyre. So that might get a little bit of steam with his recent finish last week. Um, you know, he's available in the low hundreds um, for the outright perspective. And then Victor Perez, our man rounding out our, our three uh, deeper uh, picks there. Victor Perez, again, upwards of 200s, 225s, 14s, 12s for the top 10s, and 7K flat. So the most expensive of the three for those long shots. But Tom, we've made it, man. It's crazy that we're already back for the Masters. This is our first major pod together. So let's hope we get a winner. Yeah, and I think it's really important, you know, because it is very easy for people to reload this, this show and go, look, they've picked the same four or five guys every week we're trying to get the European tour perspective and, and we genuinely believe that Paul Casey and Sergio Garcia have chances to win the Masters. I mean, these are guys that I've put up in my other podcast, regardless of European tour or PGA tour, you know, it just happens to be that they're the guys that are playing well. You know, we, we're trying to attack the players, WGCs with, with European tour spins. They're the guys, you know, you love Robert McIntyre. I think if, he, if there was a category called strokes going grateful, he'd be leading it because he was grateful to have, give DJ a run. He's grateful to be the Masters. I don't know if there's anything else to it, but, you know, he's he's great. And, uh, and hopefully one of these guys pays off for everybody this week. 
Amen to that. And again, you know, this is, you know, a great opportunity for a lot of these golfers to, to change their lives. You know, you saw the Justin Harding finish that happened two years ago here, got himself another spot back here. He's like almost a first round leader. And, you know, he's just brought himself more opportunities since then. You know, obviously he won in Kenya the last time we did our podcast. You know, we're hoping for those Cinderella stories out of our long shots. So, Tom, thank you again. You can find his podcast, as he mentioned, the Lost for Words podcast. Uh, the great Ben Coley was on with him and Jason this week. So I'm excited to, to listen to that this evening. You can find my podcast with Axis, uh, Brian DeCordy, uh, the Alternate Shop podcast, any platforms. But before that, make sure you are subscribing to our Mayo Media Network. Again, European Tour Picks and Bets. Make sure to hit subscribe. And then if you want to find us on any of the podcast platforms, it is The Mix, Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets. Uh, we're out for this time. So best of luck for everybody at the Masters. Thanks, guys. 